Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Merry Christmas. It's good to see you guys. Uh, whether you're streaming with us or you're here, I got to tell you, we are so grateful that you are. Man, this is one of my favorite parts of Christmas Eve, just getting to spend a little bit of time together as a church family before everybody goes their own separate ways. So each year at the holidays, we have a Christmas series. Obviously, we title it either Christmas Eve or Christmas 2021. But what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at Christmas carols. And we've been looking at Christmas songs, these songs that we sing every single year. And we've been diving in and looking at the lyrics. Some of the lyrics of the songs, some of the words to hopefully drive us to the true purpose and the true meaning of Christmas. So that years from now when we sing these songs, we'll remember some of the things that we've learned. Now, each week, that wonderful band that we have, they've been performing each song. Well, they didn't play the song we're going to talk about this afternoon. We're actually going to end the service by celebrating communion together as a church family. And then we're going to close with a video of O Holy Night. And that's really the song I want to talk to you about just for a few minutes. And I want to read you some of the lyrics of O Holy Night. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pinning, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices, oh, night divine, the night when Christ was born. You know, you can almost imagine what that night would have been like, that holy night. And I think today, in today's world, when we think about the night that Jesus was born, often uh, to try to get a picture in our mind, we think of the nativity scene. Right? A lot of you have nativity scenes in your house or maybe in your front yard. Uh, When I was a kid, we had a really nice nativity scene. And we always put it in the nicest room of the house. It It was in the living room. And my brother and I were instructed not to play with the nativity scene. Because it was made out of ceramic, you know, it was, my mom had made it, it was really nice. Well, when my parents weren't looking, we'd go in there and, you know, rearrange the animals or, you know, put Joseph over here, one of the wise men over here. Now, our baby Jesus had a broken arm. And it was glued back together, you know, probably in the 60s or 70s with some really cheap glue. It looked like Jesus had an armband. I mean, our baby Jesus looked tough even as a baby. He really did. And I don't know how baby Jesus' arm got broken. I got to think it had something to do with my brother, more than likely. Uh, But I just want him to know that that God knows how baby Jesus' arm got broken. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But for all of us, if you think about that nativity scene, it kind of draws us in at Christmas, right? It gives us this image and this picture of how that night may have been. But here's the deal. As as awesome as those nativity scenes are and beautiful and and symbolic, I think it does us a disservice to really try to understand what that night must have been like because it really wasn't anything like the nativity scene in our homes. It was nothing like that. I mean, think about it. You've got a teenage girl who's 13, 14 years old, 
She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She's giving birth to the Savior of the world, and she is shunned by everyone in society because she's not married when she becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she is giving birth in the absolute worst possible environment that you could give birth in. She, she's in a cave, uh, a place where animals would go to get out of the bad weather. So it wasn't clean. It was, it was just the worst possible conditions whatsoever. And, and think, about, think about the chaos of that night. Think about what Mary and Joseph were going through. The fear, the anxiety, the, the, the turmoil, the panic that they must have felt that night. If you think about it, it was probably the least organized event ever. And so I just try to imagine what were they going through, Mary and Joseph. But in this song that we just read the lyrics to, Oh Holy Night, there's a phrase that I want to zero in on. And it says, the song says this, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And then it says, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. A thrill of hope. Well, if there's two words that probably best describe our environment today, it's weary world, right? We live in a weary world right now. Think about how much anxiety there is in society, how much fear, how overwhelming our world is that we live in. There's so much hatred, so much divide. There's broken families. There's broken marriages. There's greed. There's selfishness. There's disease. And listen, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on Christmas Eve. I'm not. But that is the reality of the world that we live in. So that's, that song, it rings true. We live in a weary world. But there's a thrill of hope in our weary world. There was a thrill of hope. For everyone involved on that night that Jesus was born. There was a thrill of hope for everybody in that community and beyond. And there's still a thrill of hope for us today. Because our Savior truly has been born. And I love how it says that that weary world can rejoice. We can actually rejoice because our our Savior is still alive. Our Savior was born. So my prayer really this week has been that if you're in a weary world right now, if your world is is a little weary, that you will be able to find some thrill of hope in Christ. Just a just a glimmer of hope. That you will be able to rejoice this Christmas. No matter what it is you're facing no matter the odds that are against you, that you will be able to find a thrill of hope. That you'll be able to find faith no matter what's going on. Because the truth is, in the chaos of our world right now, or the chaos of your world right now, there is a new and glorious morning, as that song said. Every day that we have Christ in our life, there is the thrill of hope for a new and glorious morning. The sun's going to come up tomorrow, and our Savior is still going to be alive. And we have hope when we have Christ. So what I want to do real quick is I just want to focus in on what, what would that look like for us to have a new and glorious morning? Every morning. 
that we wake up. And what I want to do is I want to do something kind of untraditional, and I want to go back to the Old Testament. You know, most of the time on Christmas Eve, we just focus in on the, on the New Testament and the Christmas story, but I want to go back to the book of Lamentations. And uh, that's just a fancy word for the, uh, a book of mourning, you could think of it as, or, or a book of sorrow. And the book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And it's about 586 B.C., and Jerusalem has been overthrown by the Babylonians. And so Jeremiah is just pouring his heart out in this book. He's incredibly discouraged. The people of Jerusalem are incredibly discouraged. I mean, they've been conquered by the Babylonians. And he's hurting, the people are hurting, and so he's just writing down all of his thoughts in this book. But if you read the book of Lamentations, and I know a lot of you did with the Bible in a Year group, and they're going to do that again this year. But if you read the book, about chapter 3, Jeremiah goes from this mourning, from this sorrow, to faith. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20. And if you're following along, the notes are on that church center app that Justin was talking to you about. Online, they'll send you a link to access those. You don't have to follow along, but they're there for your use. But Lamentations 3.20 says this, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Grieving over the loss of Jerusalem. In other words, what Jeremiah's doing is he's not just trying to convince himself that nothing bad has happened. He's not trying to convince himself that this isn't occurring in the life of the people or in his life. Something significant, something life-altering has happened. And he's not trying to deny it. He's not trying to hide from it. He's simply saying, I'm not going to forget this time as I grieve over my loss. But then he says this in Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Jeremiah is saying, hey, I'm going to remember this truth. I'm going to have hope no matter what. I'm going to have hope even when no one else has hope because I know that the Lord is faithful. His mercies never end. Each morning, his mercies are new. So it's amazing, if we really think about it, what a new day with Christ looks like every single day. You know, we think about Christ a lot on Christmas, right? We celebrate his birth. We have fun and fellowship with our family and our friends. But we need to start looking at it as every day we have Christ. Every morning is a new day because of what Christ can bring to us. So real quick, I just want to go over three things that a new day with Christ will bring. And so learning number one, a new day with Christ will bring exactly what we need. No matter what you're facing, on any given day, Christ knows exactly what you need. Now that verse 24 said, the Lord is my inheritance. Other, other translations say, uh, the Lord is my portion. In other words, every day, God's providing for me. God's caring for me. God is ministering to me. The crazy thing is God's already in tomorrow, and we're not even there yet. 
right? He's already in tomorrow providing for us, and he's going to provide for us, and we haven't even gotten there. No matter what your tomorrow is going to bring, God's going to be there. If your marriage is struggling, God's already in tomorrow. He already knows what your marriage needs tomorrow. If you're weak, God's already in tomorrow to give you the strength that you need. If you're down, this is a tough time of year for a lot of people. And if you're down, if you're discouraged, if you're anxious, God's already in tomorrow to give you some joy. So a new day with Christ gives us exactly what we need. Here's the second thing. A new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. That song talks about a thrill of hope. Even if our world is dark, even if everything looks negative, there's always a thrill of hope with Christ. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. And honestly, I believe there's, there's too many people today that are struggling to find places to put their hope. In fact, we often put our hope in the wrong places. Maybe that's you. We, we've all done it. You know, maybe you've put your hope in a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they've let you down. Or, or you put your hope in a relationship. You put your hope in a marriage and that marriage came to an end. Or you've put your hope in your job or your, your bank account or your finances and, and, and those things just didn't pay off. See, the truth is, the world is not going to give us the hope we need. The, the, the hope that the world offers is going to eventually let us down. But a new day with Christ, every single day, gives us the hope we need to make it through that day and whatever else we're going to face. Listen to Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. You know, too many of us, we're letting go of that hope and we're grabbing on to whatever the world offers. The fear, the anxiety that the world offers instead of clinging on to the hope that God gives us. Listen, this Christmas, I want you to think about the words to, to this song, Oh Holy Night. A weary world rejoices. We cannot lose hope even in a weary world. My, my world's going to look dark sometimes. Your world's going to look dark sometimes, but we cannot lose hope because a new day is coming. And in that new day, Christ is going to give us everything that we need. He's going to give us the hope that we need. And then here's the third thing. A new day with Christ brings us the help that we're seeking. Lamentations chapter 3 Verse 26, so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. What does that mean? You can also look at that word salvation and think about deliverance. It's good to wait for the Lord's deliverance. And really what God's doing is he's teaching Jeremiah about his faithfulness. Despite Jerusalem falling to the Babylonians, despite the suffering and the pain and the hurt and the distress that Jeremiah and all the people had faced, the Lord was teaching Jeremiah, I'm going to be faithful and you need to wait on my timing. Despite the circumstances they were facing, the Lord wanted them to wait on him. 
How many times do we get so far out in front of God and we just don't want to wait on God's timing? Listen, tomorrow morning, wherever you are, uh, whoever you're going to be with, you're going to celebrate. At some point, you're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. You're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior, the, the forgiver of our sins. And I know in a room this size and with those that are watching, there's some of us that we need the salvation that the Lord offers. We need that salvation that verse talked about. Others of us, maybe you'd say, Scott, you know, I'm already a Christ follower. Maybe you need salvation from something else. Maybe you need deliverance from something else in your life. Maybe it's something that's going on in a relationship or with a friendship. Maybe it's something with your children. I want you to think about the difference that one day with Christ can make. Because there is a new and glorious morning waiting for every single one of us. Think about some of the people in the scripture, what one day with Christ did for their lives. Think about Lazarus, right? He's been dead for four days and Jesus shows up at the tomb and he says, Lazarus, man, he didn't say man, he just said, Lazarus, come out. And, and And Lazarus came out. Christ raised him from the dead. I guarantee if we could talk to to Lazarus, he would say, man, one day with Christ was the difference maker in my life. Or or the guy that had been paralyzed for 38 years, and he's laying by the pool in Bethesda, and, and, you know, tradition was if the water bubbles up, the first one in is going to get healed, and, and he never could move fast enough to get in that water. And Jesus just goes up to him one day and says, you know, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And the guy walked. I guarantee if we were able to talk to him, he'd say, hey, one day with Christ. One day with Christ was the difference maker in my life. Some of you, you're in a weary world right now. Your world looks dark. I'm telling you, there is a thrill of hope that will make your weary world rejoice. And that thrill of hope is Christ. There is a new and glorious morning available to every single one of us, no matter what we have to face in this world. Because a new day with Christ brings us exactly what we need. It brings us the hope to keep going. And a new day with Christ brings us the help that we're seeking. So don't get discouraged. Think about that as we close in a little bit with that song. Let's let's pray together. God, you are amazing. Gordon, I know that your desire for Christmas, the present that you want is for every single person to have a relationship with you. That's why you sent Christ. Jesus, that's why you came to this earth that very first Christmas, to truly show us what you're like. Maybe you're praying with us today and, or you're watching online and praying and you'd say, you know what, Scott, back when you talked about the salvation of the Lord, I, I need that. Maybe you grew up in an environment where you just thought following Jesus meant you had to change every aspect of your life. It was about do's and don'ts. It was about rules, what you couldn't do. I hope you know that that's not accurate. The Lord loves you unconditionally and wants a relationship with you.
If you're here today and, and you want to invite Christ into your life, I'll lead you in a prayer right now to do that. You don't, have to, you don't have to pray out loud. You're just praying from the quietness of your heart. You're just talking to the Lord. Just say, Jesus, hey, I need salvation from you. I need forgiveness of my sins. I want eternal life. I want to follow you from now on. So as best I know how, I'm inviting you into my heart this Christmas Eve. Come into my life and be Lord of my life. Maybe you're praying and you're already a Christ follower. Think about what you've heard this morning or this afternoon, what we've all heard, that there is a new day in Christ. There is a new day for all of us. Lord, thank you that you give us exactly what we need. You are our provider. You give us hope when we're completely discouraged. You give us the help that we seek any time that we need it. Lord, help us to remember that this Christmas. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. What I'd like to do now is I'd like for us to celebrate communion together as a church family. And if you're streaming with us online, I encourage you to go get some communion supplies, some bread, uh, crackers, juice, water, whatever, and celebrate with us. Now, if you're in the auditorium and you are one of the lucky people that is sitting on the right side of the section in the, on the aisle, there's a bucket under your chair. So if you would look under your bucket and get that under your bucket, look under your chair Grab that bucket and take one of those communion cups and then just pass it down the row. You might have to get up and shuffle down to somebody. But as those are being passed out, if anybody's in here that needs a gluten-free wafer, you can just hold your hand up and you just need to keep it up. There's some down here, and uh, our wonderful volunteers will bring that. We've got several in the front. Just keep your hands up. Some of our volunteers are old and they move really slow, but like Tom, just keep them up for them. And I'll explain in just a second how to open these, and that'll give our our folks at home on our online campus a chance to get their communion supplies as well. But when you get that cup, there's a it's really hard to see, but there's a cellophane wrapper on top of that wafer. You don't want to open it like a coffee creamer yet. Just see if you can get that cellophane wrapper off uh, just to expose the wafer. And then when we get to the part with uh, the cup, then I'll give you an opportunity to open that. But you know, Christmas time is awesome because we celebrate the fact that God sent his son to this earth. We celebrate Jesus's birth. But what we need to understand is Jesus also had to die. For us, right? He had to die for my sins. He had to die for your sins, a painful death, an excruciating death on a cross. And so at Christmas, we like to not only remember Jesus' birth, but remember his death, burial, and resurrection, because that's the thrill of hope that we have salvation from the Lord. So communion, or if you grew up calling it the Eucharist, or you called it the Lord's Supper, that's what that is. It's a time we can gather together as followers of Christ 
to remember what Jesus did for us. And so there, there are some instructions in the scripture that kind of help us with, with taking communion. But one thing the apostle Paul recommends is just anything you're holding on to that you shouldn't, that's in your heart, you just need to give it to the Lord. You know, you don't need to turn it over to your spouse or your husband or your kids or your friends. You just need to turn that over to the Lord. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. Uh, maybe you had a, a knockdown drag out on the way to, to church services this afternoon. You know, whatever it is, uh, God wants us to be free of that stuff. That's, that's why he came. That's why Christ came. So I'm going to pray. And when I pray, uh, just anything, you know, you want to give to the Lord, just give it to him. You know, just pray from the quietness of your heart. So let's pray together. God, you know these hearts of ours. And you tell us in the book of Jeremiah that they're, they're desperately wicked. And we're always having to, to clean our hearts and to get our hearts right with you. Lord, I, I just pray if there's anything in any of us tonight, this afternoon, that you would expose it and you would take it. Or that you... You're just so much bigger than we are. And you don't want us to carry this stuff. Lord, forgive us when we fall short. Forgive us when we, we don't get you involved with things because we think we can handle it. But whatever it is that's on your heart that you know you need to give to the Lord, give it to him. Because he'll take it. Lord, it's amazing that you care about every detail of our lives the little stuff, and the big stuff. And that you are available to us all the time. There truly is a new and glorious morning with you every day. Help us to remember that. And God, we thank you for sending your son, not just to be born that first Christmas morning, but also to take our sin on the cross. And Jesus, that's what we remember this afternoon, your sacrifice for us, the fact that your body was broken and your blood was shed for, for my sin, for everybody's sin. So as we take this bread and this cup, Lord, that's what we're remembering. And we thank you for saving us. We thank you for never giving up on us and never losing hope in us. Amen. I'm going to read from the book of Matthew this afternoon. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. And the scripture says this, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. Take the bread. You can go ahead and open the, the cup. Verse 27 says, and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, 
which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Take the cup. Amen. Now we're going to close with a video that our worship team and our tech team put together. But before we do that, I want to again wish you a Merry Christmas. I pray that that it's the the best Christmas that you have had, that it will be the best one ever. I I do want to encourage you to fill out those connection cards that's on that app, that electronic connection card, especially if you invited Christ into your life. If you let me know that, I'll send you something in the mail next week. And then those of you that are doing our Bible in a Year group, guess what? January 1st is right around the corner. So you can go online under groups and you can sign up for that group. And, and everything is through email and through text messages. And the group will, uh, you know, let you know what the readings are for that day. But you actually read through the entire Bible in a year. I think we had like 347 people do that this past year. And I know I'm going to repeat it because it's, it's good discipline for me. But if that's something you'd like to do, that's available under our groups tab on our website. So Merry Christmas. Let's watch this video. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. 
Oh 